You're listening to the Whistle Pulse podcast with me, Laura Hanlon, keeping your finger on the pulse with all the local info you need to know. I've got you covered every weekday morning. Good morning. How are you? Yeah, I'm definitely chipper. Today is going to be a better day on the hill. Sure, there's a dusting of three centimeters at Pig Alley. Well, yeah, the freezing level is hovering around 1600 meters due to be a little cooler today. But yeah, just 0.3 degrees below freezing at the Catskinner weather plot and Pig Alley this morning, looking for some light snow throughout the remainder of the day, some calm to moderate winds from the southeast, a high in the alpine of or potentially minus one around the roundhouse. But it is a positive minus two. I say positive, you know, what I mean. It's uh, it's good to see that it is finally below freezing uh, somewhat at the, at 1800 meters. We're talking minus two at both Alpine Lodges on Whistler and Blackcomb. So that's something. And the winds have come down in the Alpine. Like in seventh heaven last night, they were rocking at, oh, like nearly 90 Ks an hour. Let's call it 80 at around midnight. But they have come down to sort of the 40s and 50s in at the tippy tops of Whistler and Blackcomb. And the question is on everybody's lips. You know, is the Alpine going to open today? What with peak having been closed since Friday, seventh uh, having been closed since Sunday. And even then it was just the front side, south side that was open. So uh, how best to gesticulate if it will open? Well, Let's have a look at the fact that at the Catskinner weather pot, the base depth has now been reduced to 73 centimetres as of yesterday. Uh-huh. At Pig Alley on Whistler, the same roughly elevation, let's call it 1,600 metres, 1.35 metres is the base depth. I know at the top of Cayley there at the weather station there for the um, uh, for that tenure for snowmobilers, it's just recording a base depth of 1.8, 1.19 metres as of yesterday. And yeah, they're going to make a call tomorrow about potentially trying to reopen what with that large amount of rain damage really opening up creeks and chocolate bowl and, um, and brandy wine bowl. But yeah, for here on the mountain, is the Alpine going to open is the question. Well, there are some great indicators that it will. And by that, I mean the grooming report after seeing minimal grooming yesterday with the closures continuing due to that really high AVI danger. It's really positive to see that Harmony Ridge is groomed today. So is the Saddle, Highway 86 and the T-Bar run. Yeah, super positive to see. No um, groomers on 7th Heaven are reported, but having said that, oh no, here we go. Hughes Heaven, Lower and Upper panorama along with of course green line but uh yeah a lot of that terrain has been groomed over the past few days and not been utilized so maybe you know that's an indicator but those weren't freshly groomed yesterday so that is super positive and yeah along with out on glacier blue line is is groomed today yeah really positive indications that the alpine is going to open today team that is awesome it, despite the fact yeah there is a mandatory download in effect for beginners for black chrome mountain recommended on whistler as well due to uh yeah the the hazards and uh and rock and vegetation exposure now too but yeah again 
fingers crossed with these cooler temperatures that we're going to see, I say cooler, it's still a freezing level above valley bottom, but hopefully that can really help some snow making. And it means that, yeah, with a bit of light snow today, some cloudy conditions, flat lighting, wear your low light lens. We are due some cloudy conditions tomorrow too, but potentially some brightening and breaking in the clouds on Sunday, which would be lovely to see, but I'm definitely popping some vitamin D tablets. I don't know about you, but highly recommend it uh, at this time for this uh, these gray skies we're having. But yeah, some potentially uh, sunny breaks later on in the week, but Sunday in particular with hopefully a little bit of precip coming our way Tuesday, Wednesday, but early days on those minimal amounts and forecasts. So, yeah, uh, light snow today and uh, some higher winds and cloudy conditions tomorrow, not really any precip at all. And uh, yeah, mix of sun and cloud on Sunday with a freezing level today to lower, hopefully to 1300 meters. It's still at 1600 this morning. And yeah, in and around that kind of zone, 1300 meters expected for Saturday and potentially a lot cooler Sunday night down to uh, 800 meters. But we'll see. Yeah. Um, which means, yeah, those groomers too, they are going to be crispy mm-hmm. in certain areas. What with slushy conditions, mid-mountain and lower and treeline. Yeah. Where that freezing level has dropped, it could be firmer, a breakable or maybe, yeah, a breakable crust to be expected. Um, yeah. So take that into account for your skiing. some mixed variable snow conditions, you know, some spring slush corn, lower elevations. But uh, yeah, the Alpine is going to be interesting. And that's where with our AVI rating, we're seeing considerable danger in the Alpine, a level three for um, danger for avalanches along with moderate and treeline and below treeline with the bulletin reading that, yeah, it didn't take long for us to jump back into winter conditions with reactive avalanche problems, especially in the Alpine. And we should let our caution increase in line with our elevation. That means that, yeah, we will start to see some wind slabs and accumulation especially what were the southerly winds that we've had in northern facing features so and that to be sitting atop the rain crust so yeah lots of things that could be problematic and uh, and that's reflected with some concerns as well on the south coast touring page too somebody asking if the coca-cola has fared any better than the sea to sky over the past few days and someone saying yeah check the webcams bare ground to the highway bare wet rock on yak somebody commenting that there's a breakable crust all the way to the rock Rockies and the entire province has been wrecked. Hmm. I have heard from friends out in Revy, Golden, warmer conditions, but not as much precip there. Really high freezing level though. But yeah, as somebody also asking, like, oh, anybody know the conditions on the Duffy? We're planning to go to Keith's hut. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, don't recommend. Yeah. I mean, if, yeah, no. Lots to take into account from the recent AVI conditions and reports. I mean, look at that size uh, three slash four reported with a crown over three kilometers long on Tuesday. Yeah, lots of uh, problems in uh, with the that latest saturation and now some cooler temperatures. So yeah, I think that the snowpack needs some time to settle. And uh, yeah, uh, alpine skiing would be my recommendation in resort where, yeah, We've got an incredible team of patrollers who've been mitigating all risk a uh, week. Uh, yeah, we're mitigating some risk all week for us. But so three centimeters, yeah, on the board this morning and a couple uh, flurries to be expected uh, during the day today. But that means in the valley, 
five degrees expected to be the high today. It was 5.6 yesterday with eight millimeters of rain in the valley. But today that rain due to dissipate by this evening and to be mainly cloudy. So five degrees due to be the high. And we're finally going to get down to zero in the valley overnight or even cooler, but not tonight. One degree tonight, five due to be the high with a mainly cloudy day on Saturday. No precip forecast, but zero overnight into Sunday, Sunday's sunnier. I mix of sun and cloud day, four degrees due to be the high, but then that freezing level, like I said, drops and it could well be minus five in the valley overnight on Sunday into Monday where dawn right now is like 7.45. So good. Eight minutes past five too, which means yes, last upload from base lifts, uh, base lifts along with mid mountain lifts like crystal is uh, at 3.30 PM. Yeah. Um, let's tell you some other things. Well, I really want you to hang tight for the end of the episode too and make some time for today's special guest in the local lounge, none other than Greg Reamsbottom from The Hair Farmers. Hang tight for that conversation at the end of the episode. Of course, The Hair Farmers are playing today at Merlin's. I heard it was rocking on Wednesday. Sorry to miss it. I was at Hair Farmers, uh, sorry, at Ski Tour, but they are playing at Merlin's today along with Dusty's of course tomorrow and um, before we get to other live events I want to let you know about the roads because there was a closure to the Lionsgate Bridge last Sunday due to some tree pruning and other uh, things that were planned and there is another road uh, road closure planned for this Sunday that will affect anybody's drive getting in and out of uh, Vancouver they're detouring uh, drivers over the Iron Workers Memorial Second Narrows Bridge so there will be no access to the causeway from Stanley Park during that time on Sunday, which is between 7.30 a.m. and 11 a.m., plan accordingly for Sunday. But still some utility work happening with tree pruning, causing some lane reductions too near Britannia Beach, south of Britannia Beach, heading southbound on Highway 99 before you ascend there towards uh, Furry Creek. There has been a reduction down to one lane, along with some other utility works that could well affect your drive too. So give yourself plenty of time, plenty of reaction time too, and breaking distance between other vehicles on what will be still a busy weekend, I'm sure, with lots of uh, families coming up for the weekend. Yeah. And still a potential flood warning in effect for our community too. You can see very high River of Golden Dreams levels flooding at the dock in and around the float plane on Green Lake there. And if you do still need, despite obviously the water table dropping, um, sandbags, you know, you can self-serve at that and get a hold of those along with shovels, bags, sand, prepared, provided on site, I should say, at the public works yard at 8020. Nestor's Road. Yes. And there's a notification too from the RMOW about some trees down across the Fitzsimmons Creek. And this is just south of the Lost Lake Passive House. But to please avoid the area is the request due to uh, now some consultation happening about planning to stabilize that slope and potentially remove the trees. So yeah, avoid that area of Fitzsimmons Creek. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And speaking of Lost Lake, no, I know after mentioning yesterday that uh, the grooming report from January 28th was not a good indicator that the Lost Lake trails are open. They have been closed uh, due to the trail conditions in an effort to retain the snow that's still there. And they're hopeful, of course, that uh, once we return to seasonal temperatures and conditions that they can reopen. Um, Yeah, but they are closed right now. But the cross-country trails in Whistler Olympic Park and at Callahan Country are open, but at Whistler Olympic Park, their toboggan runs and snowshoe trails are closed right now until, yeah, we get some more seasonal weather. And there are plenty of events happening this weekend to keep you occupied at night. Let's, I mean, where to start? The fact is Friday, so let's start there. How about the fact that, yes, I'll re-remind you that the art party for the Point of View exhibition at the Maury Young Art Centre, Altered Photographic Perspectives, is tonight, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Maury Young. Yeah, with 18 Sea to Sky artists showcasing their work, including Renee's. I'm very excited to see it. And it being a Saturday tomorrow, um, the first one of the month, there is a, another bird walk. This happens at the first Saturday of every month at the bottom of Lorimer Road is where they meet. And currently, what with the, even though the sun rises at 7.45, they are meeting, I believe, at 9 a.m. tomorrow, but that could well change to 8 a.m. on the next meetup. But uh, yeah, joined by members of Whistler Naturalist Society and birding experts as well to compile a detailed inventory. Um, yeah, super fun. And also super fun at the Ordain Art Museum. Tomorrow will be an opportunity to register for and engage in an art class, an instant color vacation painting workshop between 1 and 4.30. All materials are provided, but space is very limited. And that's welcoming beginners and experienced artists. Mm-hmm. And I did mention last week, and I'll remind you again, that at the Point Artist Run Center on Alter Lake, songwriting with artist in resident C.R. Avery is happening, along with the art of beatboxing on the same day, too. So a couple of programs for you there, starting at 2 p.m. from him. Yeah, at the Point Artist Run Center this week. And yes, that point of view exhibition at Maury Young Art Center. Love the video on Instagram of that um, that font and uh, yeah, title of the exhibition being put together. Cool, yeah. Uh, And speaking of exhibits, Kate Zessel is the latest artist to have her wonderful work on display at Coast Mountain Brewing down in Function Junction. And yeah, Coast Mountain is actually a zero commission art space for Sea to Sky based artists. So amazing. And she'll be, yeah, um, uh, on rotation. She'll be there for two months displaying her work. So awesome, Kate. Yeah, you always have amazing pieces. And the Fire and Ice show, of course, is happening at 7.30 at the base of Whistler. I say, of course. Uh, Is it? (laughs) It is slated to happen again at 7.30 this Sunday. Um, Yeah, I'm sure they'll be transporting snow for the jump, but uh, I'll keep you posted on Mountain FM on Sunday, on my show on Sunday morning to let you know if that differs. Speaking of which, uh, myself and Darren McPeak interviewed local MP, Liberal MP for the Sea to Sky, Sunshine Coast, Patrick Wheeler, on some housing issues and other key issues in our communities. And that uh, interview aired yesterday on Mountain FM, but it is available on the website if you're curious and want to catch uh, yeah, more details on that. Oh, also to let you know, oh, RMU have a new 
Egger sandwich available between 12 and 2 p.m. But on Sunday nights, they do have their open mic night with Costaman starting that off. That's on RMU this Sunday. Um, and I really wanted to let you know that uh, who was playing at the Dublin Gate, still not too sure on their programming. Their website, unfortunately, hasn't been updated, but Ruckus Deluxe were playing yesterday as well as Wednesday. So maybe they're playing tonight. Could be Pat and Mike, who knows? But for, I had a few people ask me the other day on where they could get weed in uh, in town. And I mentioned Function Junction. There is a new cannabis store opening in Creekside today at 9 a.m. And it is um, very in between Samurai Bowl and uh, Subway down at that location near the old post office um, location in Creekside. So yeah, that opens today at 9 a.m. I know. Speaking of... Creekside for you Trailer Park Boys fans. It's not until April 13th at Dusty's, but Randy's Cheeseburger Picnic Spring Canada Tour is coming in town. Yes, that's right. Randy from the Trailer Park Boys will be at Dusty's. This isn't till April, but yeah, tickets available for that now, April 13th. Put that on your radar, shall I? Along with Haley Smith's yoga classes that are available at the Myrtle Phillip Community Center on Lorimer Road starting next Thursday. And I know some uh, people who swear by her yoga classes. Drop-in is just $18, but to sign up for all four um, yoga classes in February, it is just $60 for the package. So yeah, um, figured I'd, I'd mention that. It's uh, She's wonderful. And yeah, stretching and being mindful of your body and breath work really is too. So yeah. What else to let you know? Oh, let's do it. A few birthday shout outs, hey? Yeah, some super special people born over the weekend, including uh, Carrick Bates' birthday today and Sean Saint-Denis, a talented photographer and who works, I'm sure you know him from Lord Co. as well. But to both of you, a very happy birthday for today. Mm. And you've got John O'Young's birthday tomorrow, Josh Fraser, uh, whose ultramarathon running is uh, so remarkable. Oh my God, Josh. Yeah, I don't know how you do it. It's amazing. But to the amazing Lee Harrison, who was a pleasure to see yesterday. His birthday is coming up on Sunday. Lee, are you going to, is Elvis going to make an appearance? Yeah, I'm looking forward to having some wiggles with you soon, but happy birthday for Sunday. And Tim Krasinski's birthday is on the same day and Devo's. Yeah, Devin Bruss's birthday. Devo, very happy birthday for you on Sunday. And you share your day too with Claire Manville Friesen's birthday. Mm. Happy birthday, folks. But from Stinky's on the Stroll, who, of course, is counting down the days until Super Bowl Sunday. Some amazing throwback facts for you from uh, this day. New Amsterdam became a city on this day in 1653, later to be named, of course, New York. But in 1922, James Ulysses, uh, James Joyce's sorry, novel Ulysses was first published in Paris, 1,000 copies, and incidentally, that was also his birthday. Mm, yeah. Um, oh, Barbara Streisand had her first hit, The Way We Were, on this day in 1974. 20 years earlier in 1954, the Nutcracker Ballet mm, was performed for the first time in New York. Uh, yeah, um, as the, yeah, Sugar Plum Fairy. Um, I know, 1954. Cool, eh? Uh, also cool, in a way, is the fact, well, it's history. Leonard Keeler's first used his polygraph machine on criminals who were later convicted of assault on its findings on this day 
1935. In 1976, Genesis released A Trick of the Tale, which was their seventh studio album, but the first to feature Phil Collins on, uh, on vocals. Yeah, as full-time vocalist. Mm, yep. And let's give you your joke of the day, brought to you by Coast Mountain Brewing. <laughs> uh, you know, to all the haters who told me that I'd never be good at poetry because I'm dyslexic. Well, so far... I've made three jugs in a vase and they're really quite lovely. <laughs> uh, <laughs> track of the day today on the playlist I'm building on Spotify for February. And yes, uh, thank you, Chris Colbuck, listener, who messaged yesterday saying, how do I get a hold of these latest playlists? Yeah, if you follow the Whistle Pulse on Instagram, there is a link in the link tree there to get you to the Spotify account for the Whistle Pulse's, you know, uh, playlist account. And yeah, all the lists there from the past three years, the monthly playlists are up. And Friday, February's is, is gaining some, uh, some doozies, some, some gems, including one from Fields called Sweet Tooth that came out last year. And I'm still waiting for his, I think, oh no, his Brilliant Mud, like his sophomore album is now online. But uh, Sweet Tooth is the second track from it. He's from Melbourne and got kind of, you know, like a, an indie kind of folk pop twang that's kind of a bit like Ben Howard, but not. He's from Melbourne, uh, James Seymour, but goes by Fields, and that's with a double E, and that is track of the day. But without further ado, let's introduce and chat with Greg Reamsbottom, Grateful Greg from the Hair Farmers here on the Local Lounge, and have yourself a wonderful weekend. The Whistle Pulse Local Lounge. start you know to literally such a question because Greg you go you have so many hats you know to your name so many monikers and we really do need a bit of backstory on if you got grateful Greg the nickname from being a deadhead or yeah pretty much I figured but um but being a part of the hair farmers whole lot of lead a vocalist independently since 88 maybe we'll start off the backstory on how when you first got to Whistler and why uh, moved up here, 99. 99. Yeah. And, uh, it's because I met a, a girl down at a music festival in Oregon and she was living up here and I was in the city, Vancouver, and I was, uh, pretty much done with the city and ready for a change and up to Whistler I went. Wow. Yeah. On your motorbike at the time? Was it a Harley back then? No, I didn't have one then. Uh -huh. I didn't buy uh, my first motorcycle. I'd ridden dirt bikes and owned dirt bikes and that kind of thing and since I was a kid, but uh, didn't buy my first motorcycle. And the only one I've ever bought, because I'm still riding it, uh, until 02. What? Yeah. Yeah, no way. <laughs> so having been a vocalist like since 88, but moving into town in 99, which is when you met Doug Craig, guitar Doug. Is that right at Birkenhead? Met him the year before at 98, the year before I moved up here. Mm -hmm. um, they, uh, there was a wedding up at Birkenhead Lake Estates. And I had known the couple through different people because a friend of mine from high school, had a, his family has a cabin up there, they still do. Oh. And I was hanging out up there since the 80s. Wow. 
And uh, this t- couple that was living at Birkenhead Lake most of the year were getting married and they wanted my band to play their wedding, but they also wanted Doug's band to play their wedding. It didn't tell either one of us another band was coming. What? <laughs> but being a, a proper hippie wedding, they figured cross-pollination would occur, <laughs> uh, occur especially with the proper social um, accelerants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... Uh, all kinds of good psychedelic fun happened until the <laughs> early light, let's say. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but obviously we had a really good time and uh, musically really enjoyed um, the connection that happened on that first occasion and kept in touch. So mm-hmm. when I moved up to Whistler, it was game on pretty much. Wow. Which, and you know, you're, yours is like a lot of bands, you know, you have more years together than some marriages, you know, well, to, sure. to, to perform together for 25 years, you coming, know, to coming keep, up on 25 come right? this year, right? Uh, yeah. I think well, we'll call it officially next ski season will be 25. Okay. okay. Great. Um, extra hardcore on the apres then. Although, no, we need to talk about all the different apres mm. that you uh, facilitate here because they're so different, but 25 years of still bringing such high energy like you know that's uh that's a testament to your to your friendship or your creative talents really you know with a repertoire of 2000 plus songs oh uh, yeah for sure easily wow <laughs> like mind blowing and am i still right in thinking that when you guys perform you don't have a set list you go no. with how the vibe feels yeah. and that's amazing to just yeah. be able to rely on that. Well, I mean, it comes with years of experience of learning how to read the room. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you don't show up and play Norwegian death metal at a, you know, Catholic school fundraiser. <laughs> <laughs> so you kind of learn how to, you know, you have a fairly good idea. But I like to use the fishing analogy where, you know, you cast a few flies out there. Right. Nothing bites on that. Okay. Mm-hmm. They don't dig country. So you cast a different fly out there. And, Oh, they like Tom Petty. Okay, and then <laughs> you can kind of go from there and, and feel it out. But um, you know, there's some stuff that always works. There's the standards, but we take mm-hmm. a lot of requests too. We love interacting with the audience and finding out what they want to hear. Yeah, and that could help you figure it out too. And and you do have such different crowds across your different venues that you mm. play at. Like, and you can really notice that at say Merlin's, where you've got a younger contingent, and you've really mm. brought in younger tracks on your repertoire, like Katy Perry. Although you'll tell me it's a different version of TGIF. <laughs> <laughs> that I have to give Doug full credit on that one. That was his idea. Uh-huh. He's like, "Oh, I want to play this song." Dude, yeah, go for it. Yeah, nails the room. And, you know, you've got that really young crowd at Merlin's that, you know, uh, that really gets hooked on that. You've got a definitely more niche older crowd when you're playing a whole lot of lead. Like, Dusty's went off last week. (laughs) 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 Dusty's, it's funny because that band's played at Merlin's and it's played at GLC many times and it's played at Dusty's many times. There's something about the Creekside and Dusty's where... It just gets a tad rowdier in there for some reason. I don't know why. It might be the same people, but, you know, something about that place makes it go a little bonkers with that band. It's funny, yeah. which is interesting because it's the opposite with Apre. Okay, yeah. Dusty's is more usually, uh, there's because uh, of the Creekside parking lot and the rubber tire traffic from Vancouver, it tends to be a bit more of a family vibe at times. Yeah. Um, and never really as bonkers as Merlin's gets with the odd exception, like say there was a Saturday this year in between Christmas and New Year's where it was just 
you couldn't fit another person in and it was going off the walls. It was really fun. Yeah. And that can happen at any time. Actually, yesterday, our operator there on Tuesday was surprisingly busy and surprisingly rowdy. So Good. you never know what you're going to get. Yeah. You know, it's, it, can, it can morph around. But by and large, Merlin's is, uh, is the rowdier of the two. Mm-hmm. But it's fun too because then you can play, read the audience and play different music for different crowds. So we get to play a different side of our repertoire with that audience at Dusty's. Mm-hmm. And when we used to play the Four Seasons Lounge, we would play a completely different show and it would be more of a singer-songwriter listening style thing. Cool. Mind you, we'd still end on ACDC once in a while and scare the <laughs> yes. crap out of the people at Sidecut, you know, and have the manager giving us both smiles and dirty looks at the same time. He's like, I'm pretty sure we're not supposed to be doing this, but it's too much fun. So, uh, and that's always fun to push your luck a bit too. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're, you're of that ilk, you know, like, yeah, big personality and not afraid to stand up for core values. Good. Yes. Party, core value. Um, uh, someone just explained it to the other day really well. They said, yeah, cause you know, we have a few fans that have always been coming forever for many mm. years. And they're like, yeah, this year at Merlin's is really neat. All us old people sit around the outside of the room and watch all the kids in the middle like a boiling pot of water yeah. just frothing over. And we just stay off to the sides and watch it. And it's like the people watching is epic, but yeah. you know, they know where their safe zones are because everybody's <laughs> on the furniture with half their kid off, yeah, yeah. throwing beer on themselves in the middle. So it's kind of. Yeah, there was a baby on someone's head just a few weeks <laughs> yeah. back. And it looked like Benjamin Button. There was so much character in this baby's face. And everybody like had him on a pedestal. That baby like, was part. He was yeah. getting standing ovations. Yeah, he was. yeah, I saw that. And do you and do you find that the older crowd is still playing name that tune, or are the uh, yeah? Uh, the, in the kids backs? are really keen to name that tune because it means a free beer, absolutely. And a free beer is just like money in your pocket to yeah, them. So yeah. it's it's interesting. You get a few ringers too that know, and they just wait. They're like snipers that mm. sit there and wait. <laughs> they don't even order a beer. They just wait, and yeah. they know what's coming. Um, but it's a pretty good mix on the name that tune. There's definitely some of the older locals that are keen, and the, but then the kids are like, "I can win a free beer." I can yeah. This. Oh, money. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Wow. And you do that obviously at Apres here in Whistler, but mm. man, have you played some locations around the world? Like, have you kept a track of how many countries? Like, no. It'd be interesting to figure it out. But uh, you know, that's the beauty of being the house band in some of the you know more. Um, populated bars in an international resort town is mm-hmm. that people from all over the world come here. Mm-hmm. And when they see you and they have that much fun, like, hey, man, can you come play my party? We're like, sure, where is it? It's going to be in London. It's like, <laughs> no problem. And this is a guy with his ski pants around his ankles with his long underwear on, <laughs> spilling beer on himself. And you give him your business card, like, I'm never going to hear from this guy again. Yeah. And next thing you know, you get an email, hey, mate, it's me, you know, and Wow. Next scene you're on a plane to London. So anything can happen. But yeah, we've played the UK multiple times. Mm. We've played uh, Australia several times, Hong Kong more than once, mm-hmm. um, Costa Rica, Mexico, Hawaii, wow. all over the States, all over Canada. Reverbia at Burning Man. like Didn't play that, but no? definitely hung out there. Yeah, no. of course. <laughs> um, interesting. One of the years we were there was, the, I think, the, the robot or theme for Burning Man and they had uh, the Alan Parsons project, what? the actual band, no. with Alan Parsons, played their whole iRobot album. And if you would, could tell me you saw that one coming, I'd, <laughs> I'd say BS because <laughs> couldn't freaking believe it. And it was unbelievably good. Yeah. And then they played a little smaller, you know, that little covered 
area off to the side of the main stage. Yep, 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 yep. The little intimate concerts they played in there the next day, acoustic unplugged type scenario. It it. was just ridiculous. Like this is was yeah, it was a rare treat for sure. Wow. Especially at a place like Burning Man, it's not really renowned for its live music scenario. Yeah. Which is still cool. They have some great live bands, but it's more of a DJ thing. Mm -hmm. I would think most people would agree. But I've seen some killer live music at Birdie Man. Amazing, too, so, yeah, yeah, super fun. Maybe you'll end up there this year. I don't know. I mean, we mm. did. A, we had a, a camp that we were part of for nine years in a row, and which finally ended. COVID ended it basically. Ugh. But the man that was responsible for financing and putting it on, and it was his his party. Is uh, he's a little older now, and his mm. mobility is a little challenged now, mm. and I don't think he's going to do it anymore. So it's kind of one of those things where. That's right in the middle of high season for us for yeah. the summertime, which, you know, apres season, of course, is winter where we're busy from mid-November to mid-April. But then we take about a month off, usually in the spring. And then in the from June through September, it's private parties, it's weddings, it's mm-hmm. corporate stuff, and it's busy. Like 2024 is already ridiculously booked. I had some woman say, oh, trying for the third year in a row to maybe get you for a summer party on a Saturday of anything available in <laughs> July, August, September. I said, yeah, we have September 7th open. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, that's it? I'm like, yeah. That's it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's wild. Because you, you play, you and Doug play 200 to 280 shows a year? Um, not so much 280 anymore. The yeah. era that we used to do um, that many was a few years ago when we were playing Two shows every Friday, two shows every right. Saturday, two yeah. shows every Sunday, oh, a show on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday off, and then a show on Thursday. So it was crazy volume. Um, we're doing more like five for sure, sometimes six next week. Or actually, this week coming up, we're doing seven shows this week. Because we had double headers on Friday and Saturday with a couple privates late night on Friday and Saturday. Mm. But uh, easily 200 a year anyway still, wow. which is plenty. Yeah, gosh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, to turn your passion into a full-time job. like, But to keep it fresh and still exciting, like that's mm-hmm. the sweet spot, 200? <laughs> it's good. I mean, you know, we take a month off in the fall and before ski season and a month off in the spring after ski season. And, you know, so, you know, two months off for any job a year is pretty darn good. Damn straight. And in the summertime, because it's not, you know, the full five days a week apres scene, it's usually three shows a week-ish. So lots of time off in the summer for, you know, Biking, motorcycling, biking, fishing, whatever mm. you want to do. Mm. Um, it's a pretty blessed life, to be honest. I mean, anytime you can do something you love for a living and make a living at it, you're winning already. Mm. And if it's a fun job, you're winning even more. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, wake up and pinch yourself every day kind of thing. Right? And, and, you know, I like to think that, you know, back in the day, you got the nickname Grateful Greg because all I wanted to do was play Grateful Dead songs. Yeah. But that, um, and we played a lot of them, and we still do sometimes. <laughs> um, but I think now it's it's funny. It's kind of the name is kind of stuck for its own reasons now, where you, it reminds me to be grateful mm. for such an insanely fortunate opportunity to do something that you love and be successful at it in a town that's amazing, with a revolving audience of pretty happy people for the most part, mm. and a core group of locals, and you know, in a beautiful setting. I mean. Pinch me. Damn straight. Stay grateful. Wow. Never take it for granted. Ever. Yeah. I think the moment that you start taking your good fortune for granted is maybe the moment you karmically start to not deserve it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm here for that, especially for for yourself, like to really 
emanate and live that. You've seen, like you said, so much uh, transitory people come through town. You see that in your audiences. But, well, you know, even in just my 13 years compared to 25 for you, mm-hmm. like you see people burn out, oh, I'm over Whistler, it's too hard and they're out of here, you know, and I get it, I do. But for you to practice gr- gratitude like that all mm-hmm. the time to really still facilitate the party every day, but not that, just foster community. That's why you're winning favorite Pemberton mm-hmm. local, like, and mm-hmm. and was it second place last I've year for, what was it, best uh, of? Uh, there was a tie for, for favorite local in Whistler for third, I think, last year. Me, That's right. Stinky and I were tied for third. He won it this year, which is yeah, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> no one could deserve it more, but mm-hmm. yeah, that kind of blew me. Like, what? Yeah. Okay, great. But you know, you don't, you know, I try to just be who I am mm. and I don't have expectations. I don't try not to, you know, I don't think like that. Like, I'm like oh, maybe one day I'll win favorite anything. No, it just, of course. you know, it's just the most basic human tenets of treat people the way you'd like to be treated, mm-hmm. put your good, but it'll do the most. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you look at these global issues and, you know, all these wars and famines and all these heavy things that are happening all the time. And, you know, I see so many people online, especially during COVID and since COVID, get really worked up and seem ultra distressed about it. And they're really winding themselves up about things they can't control. Control. Absolutely. But there is an old saying from one of my favorite um, authors slash countercultural heroes, Ken Kesey, the guy that wrote One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Ah, no way. And the guy that Tom Wolfe's book, The Electric Kool-Aid Acid Test, was basically written around, mm-hmm. who basically boiled it down to put your good where it'll do the most. Mm-hmm. And to me, that means if your neighbor has a flat tire, go help him change it. Yeah. If you have extra zucchinis in your garden, give them to your buddy. Mm-hmm. You know, and you can do things like that from there and branch out. And, you know, interestingly, during COVID, Doug and I were both going stir crazy. When you play 200 shows a year oh. and then you're not allowed to play anymore, yeah, you actually miss playing. So somebody, I think the guys from Whistler Live said, why don't you do an online show and we'll put the benefits toward Worcester Community Services or the food bank or something. That fundraising was huge through COVID. It was wild. Like, yeah. like, we thought, great, you know, we'll do that. Maybe we'll raise 5000 bucks, and that'll be great. Oh, you, and t- come on. How much did you guys Whistler raise? Whistler Black Home Foundation said, well, whatever you guys raise, we'll match it. Yeah. So like, this will be awesome. The first show, just the hair farmers alone raised 28000 oh. and change. Oh. So when they doubled it, it was 56 and we were, our minds were blown. We're like, wait a second. We wow. can actually do some good here. Totally. And get our rocks off playing because we miss it, right? <laughs> so Wasn't it Andrew, in Andrew Bacon's garage? The, one it, the, I think uh, one of the first one was in Glenn Mishaw's garage okay, or maybe yeah. one or two of them were. And then it was uh, in not in Andrew Bacon's garage. He hosted them at his friend Matthew Carson's place. Right, yeah. And uh, those guys were amazing, and they were so generous with their time, and, and they were instrumental in making all of that happen. It wouldn't have happened without them, no way mm. in, in hell. But um, I think over the course of five shows and maybe one other one to somewhere else where we kind of tied in, they tied in a fundraiser during that era, I think we raised over a quarter million bucks. What? Which was wild. That's incredible. You know, and of course, kudos to Whistler Black Home Foundation for saying whatever you guys raise, we'll, we'll match, match it. it. So, I mean, wow, it was, uh, it was neat, but it just goes to show that, you know, you don't have to, you know, reinvent the wheel to do some good in your community. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, absolutely. Wow, I'm still blown away by that number. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah, we were too. <laughs> still are. It's like, what? Yeah, wow. And people are like, oh, well, you must have taken a cut of that. I'm like, no. No. Now, after mm. we did those shows for charity, we did a few 
after that that were, hey, you tip the band if you want. And that was, you know, because we were unemployed. Yeah. <laughs> and those were fun too. But it was, I think it was the spirit of, of the first ones that were for charity. We really captured what it was all about. And that, yeah. was, just, that was really cool. It just goes to show, you know, because we also used to do a, a live Zoom feed at the same time where everybody that was watching and listening would tune in and show them dancing on their furniture in yeah. their living rooms. And there were people from New Zealand and everywhere, like just around the world. Mm-hmm. So it was really neat to see the reach, you know, the global following that we've managed to hold on to of all these years of people that have come here for a season or a couple or just come every year for vacation. Mm-hmm. And they still care enough to tune in and, and donate to a cause that doesn't even benefit their town for most of them. Yeah. So really neat and really really humbling and really flattering. Yeah, and you should be proud of that too. You know, that's... That's pretty cool. Yeah, 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 you should, yeah. And proud of the fact too, like going back to like what you said earlier about, you know, the weight of the world sometimes, you Mm -hmm. know, like what what you do and provide for people, not in terms of just escapism and the party, but Mm -hmm. like... Uh, you know, even to you, the farmer's Instagram feed, which is always so fun and lighthearted, you know, you are th- so synonymous with APRE in town, mm-hmm. you and Doug. You're like, when people are always like, oh, the APRE, here it is in like Europe, in Austria, it's dancing on the tables. And I'm like, have you not been to the hair farmers for APRE? But you are. You When people think of APRE, they think of you guys. And that is huge, you know, like. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, we're spoiled, rotten, lucky with, you know, we've been getting away with this for this long. <laughs> uh, when you mentioned back to the Instagram feed, that's actually, Doug's been all about that. He, uh, we decided that I would just handle the Facebook and he would handle the Instagram and okay. he's gone to a whole other level this year. With it. It's really fun for me to watch you because I never know what he's going to come up yeah, with. Yeah. And next thing you know, I'm looking at this going, that's brilliant, you know, or, or hilarious or what the hell does that mean? But it's cool. It's, you know, it's just, uh, it's been really fun. So yeah, I've had more than a few people comment on it and kudos to Doug. He's, uh, he's oh. taken that to a whole other level this year. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah I really enjoy it. Apre, I mean, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. I mean, I had someone the other day said they were here and they were from Colorado or something. They're like, man, if we tried to, if anybody tried to do this in the bar where we live, they get thrown out. They might even get arrested. Like, you can't yeah. dance on a furniture with your shirt off. <laughs> you know, you can't hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Still some uh, Canadian, a, a little less litigious here that you can get away, maybe push the bar a bit. Literally at the bar. I think it's not only a Canadian thing. I think it's more specifically Whistler because mm. I don't. I know some of the bars in Vancouver. If you tried that, you'd same thing. They'd be, "What are you doing?" Right. Totally. I got a great story for you. We did a private party at a, a bar in Jackson Hole called the Mangy Moose, <laughs> which is they tout as the the world's whatever most crazy apre ski bar. Okay. Okay. And we're like, oh yeah, okay, challenge accepted. <laughs> and uh, it was a private party for um, a bunch of. Well, was it the Director's Cup? I think it was. Where it's a bunch of people in the film industry and financial industry that have their own ski race. Mm. And they're allowed to bring ringers. Mm. So there's a bunch of Olympians. And they stack their teams. And they have a big party, the tequila party on the Friday night and other parties. And it gets properly messy and funny. Mm. And we had this party going to this bar. And the manager of the place absolutely lost their minds. They're like, you have to stop right now. (laughs) I will not stop. We will not stop <laughs> until the man paying us tells us to stop. So you have to go talk to him. Mm-hmm. And they're like, look, this part is completely out of control. He goes, no, it isn't. This is normal. We're yeah. for. I was like, well, it's not normal for here. And you have to stop right away. He's like, I'll give you $10,000 to let us keep partying. And the guy was like, no way. This is out of control. 
And that was the that was the end of the party. Really? It was crazy. Whoa. Yeah, but it was really fun. I mean, people were on the you know, the tabletops with most of their clothes off, yeah, spraying yeah. each other with tequila and beer and just having a good old time. And it wasn't open to the public. Like uh-huh, uh-huh. I don't understand what they were worried about. <sighs> apparently we offended their Tender sensibilities. Oh, well, challenge accepted and completed. (laughs) Absolutely, tick completed. Well, so rowdy upper ski bar, not so much, but it was that night. Yeah, wow, super fun. Wow, yeah. and I did want to, I did want to end on on looping back to uh, you know just how much and what you were grateful for. But as we've already covered that, I know this is a really hard question. Mm. That obviously is a venue that really popped out in your mind. But do you have another venue that has been like a real standout? Any favorites? And I know it's dependent on vibe, weather, you know, like... Well, the cool thing with this job is that it can be anywhere. The most fun show of your life could happen anywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, there's a wedding in Tuscany that stands out that was pretty epic at a villa, you know, on a hilltop in the middle of wine country. Stop it. Insane weather. And by the end of the night, the entire bridal party and the bride ended up in the pool in their gowns doing synchronized swimming to (laughs) Hey Jude. Um, Pretty good good memory there. Um, (laughs) But I mean, yeah, there's just so many. It, It would be... Like you said, very hard to nail down, but you're absolutely right when you said it. It just depends on where mm-hmm. you are and the vibe of the people. But I mean, quite honestly, almost any Monday, Wednesday, or Friday this year at Merlin's could qualify as one of the best. I mean, yeah, it's just been going off. Yeah, so fun. I love it. The the younger, you know, uh, particularly like English crowd, you mm-hmm. know, and how I've been explaining it to other people too. Like it's such contagious energy, mm-hmm. you know. But you know, they're singing their hearts out to Oasis, these oh, yeah. big bangers, and they're not yet worried about the bank account <laughs> no. and the lack of hours. They're there to party yeah. and really celebrate Whistler. Yeah. Well, you know, mm. one of the things that we try to do is is listen to our audience, and and when they come up and request a song that we don't know. Quite often what will happen is Doug will play it during the set break. Ah. And if they all get up on the furniture and start singing along, next thing you know, we're playing it the next yeah. week. Yeah, okay. So we really pay attention and get on that because if you see a song they react to that strongly, that's a song we should be playing because mm-hmm. that's our audience, Absolutely. Right? So, you know, you have to be flexible and adaptable and situationally aware. you got to pay attention. Mm-hmm. It's a big part of, of pulling off the gig like that. It's not staying stagnant or stale. You have to be able to evolve. Absolutely. And you're absolutely testament to that. Like for over, like you said, 25 years, 2,000 songs in your repertoire to really fall back on, but continually mm-hmm. keep adapting and, and playing, you know, for, for the crowd you love to cater for. So... Yeah. Yeah. That's fun. Because you watch their faces when they requested a song a a week ago and then you play it. They're like, like their jaw just, they're like, they're so happy because they feel seen, validated, and seen and listened to. And and it's great. It works. I mean, it's, it just makes them happy. Mm -hmm. And when you're playing for happy people, you pretty much end up happy too. Yeah. Well, you make everybody happy. So thanks for, thanks for doing it. Thanks for being you. (laughs) Wow. Well, that's what music's supposed to do. It's supposed to be a time warp, right? It's supposed to take you out of your day and put you in a moment of time where you can not think about anything else except just having a good time. Mm. And if um, that's working for the audience, it's probably working for the band too. And it's uh, one of those things where you it doesn't ever get tiring or boring. It's really fun. Yeah. yeah. Way, to di- way to be. And, <laughs> and thanks for sharing some stories today and coming in and sharing the Stoke too. And before a Wednesday outbreak too, where uh, your shot of choice is going to be? 
Patron Silver Tequila. I know it. Always. We've had one before together. Damn straight. <laughs> you coming? I actually have to work tonight. Boo. I know, I know, but I'll be there in no time for sure next week. Nice. Yeah, Looking but, forward to it. Yeah, Greg, thanks so much for coming in. Laura, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. <laughs> the Whistle Pulse podcast is here for you every weekday morning at 7.15ish and is sponsored by Stinkies on the Stroll. Stroll on down for all your hunger, thirst, sporting and apres needs.